Hello and welcome to Dedicated Packers, the podcast where we do care about the Green Bay Packers. And we don't care about anything else. Let's go. Right, hello, and welcome back to Dedicated Packers. We are right around four days away from the 2023 NFL Draft. It is so exciting. I don't know anyone who isn't excited about the thought of the draft approaching this quickly, and in just five days, we're going to know, well, actually, I guess a full week from today, we're going to know all of the newest additions to the Green Bay Packers roster. It is super Super exciting. Today, we're going to do a mock draft for the entire NFL. So I'm going to give you my first round mock draft, all of the 31 picks. And you might say, why is there only 31 first round picks this year? And that's because the Miami Dolphins had their first round pick confiscated for actions that took place a couple seasons ago regarding Tom Brady. But first... Let's talk about a tiny bit of news. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted this morning that the Packers and Jets have re-engaged in trade conversations. The exact tweet from Ian reads as follows. After a dormant couple weeks, the hashtag Jets and hashtag Packers recently re-engaged on trade talks surrounding star QB Aaron Rodgers, sources say. A deal is not imminent, but the two sides are at least talking with hopes a deal can finally be done this week. That is, I guess, good news. I don't know. Seems sort of okay. I My guess would be that in the end, a deal gets done during the draft. I think maybe during round one, the Packers end up trading Rodgers and getting the Jets 13th pick, maybe swapping 13 with 15. I'm not sure about that, but we'll see sort of what happens there. My guess would be If I had to bet on something happening that on Friday around round two, the Packers will end up trading up, getting one of the Jets second round picks for Aaron Rodgers. If the trade doesn't happen during the draft, however, as Rappaport or unlike Rappaport believes is going to happen, then we're getting into a very interesting territory. And I'm almost kind of hoping that the deal doesn't get done during the draft because then things get very interesting. It would probably mean that other teams are getting in the mix. That means San Francisco, Tennessee, all of those teams would probably become a lot more involved in trade talks for Aaron Rodgers, and Jets fans would be sweating, Packers fans would be hoping Aaron Rodgers gets traded soon, and it would unleash an interesting kind of chaos. So I'm kind of rooting for that. I'm also rooting for this to be over with and for the Packers to, you know, get an extra second round pick and call it a day, but we'll see what happens with all of that being discussed. Let's jump right into the mock draft. Okay, so here's how I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to read off picks 1 through 10, then we'll discuss all of those. I'm going to read off picks 11 through 20, we'll discuss all of those, and then finish off with picks 21 through 31, discuss all of those. So, picks 1 through 10. The first overall pick, I have the Panthers taking quarterback Bryce Young. Second, I have the Texans taking quarterback C.J. Stroud. 
Third, Cardinals take the edge Will Anderson. Fourth, Colts take Anthony Richardson. Five, Seahawks take Tyree Wilson. Sixth, Lions take Jalen Carter. Seven, the Raiders take Peter Skaronsky. Eight, the Falcons take Christian Gonzalez. Nine, the Bears take Lucas Van Ness. And then 10, the Eagles take Devon Witherspoon. Now, starting out with the first overall pick, the Panthers take the quarterback Bryce Young out of Alabama. And this first overall pick is really in between C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. Those are the two most polished and accomplished quarterbacks in this class. And initially, as the Panthers first traded up for this first overall pick, it seemed like the Panthers were leaning towards taking C.J. Stroud. However, wins have since shifted, and now it appears as though the Panthers are leaning more towards taking Bryce Young. And everything about Bryce Young is really, really good. He has a nice arm. He can make plays on the run. He can scramble. He's very accurate. The only knock is that he's very small. He's very light, and he's very short. And that's the only thing that's sort of making people think twice about taking him. That being said, according to all reports, it seems like the Panthers are going to go with Bryce Young, and I think it'll set the Panthers up for success. Number two, I have the Texans taking C.J. Stroud. Now, as I mentioned before, Young and Stroud, they're 1A and 1B in this class. And the Texans, with Bryce Young off the board, are going to go with the second-best quarterback, or maybe the best quarterback in their mind, C.J. Stroud. And like Bryce Young, almost everything about Stroud is phenomenal. He's very accurate. He has a good arm. He can make plays. He can run. Everything about that you love in the quarterback, C.J. Stroud. The knock on Stroud, however, is that he's coming out of Ohio State, and there have been a huge amount of quarterbacks out of Ohio State that have had a lot of success. However, almost none of those are good in the NFL. The best quarterback, and I am not a Justin Fields fan at all, you guys know that, but the best quarterback to ever come out of Ohio State might be Justin Fields, and that basically tells you how bad the quarterback history is with Ohio State quarterbacks. So that is sort of the biggest knock on CJ Stroud. But other than that, he's got everything that you want. And with the pieces that the Texans have, their left tackle just got extended. I think they'd look at Stroud as the future of their franchise. And I would feel really good about that pick for them. Then at number three, the Cardinals take the edge rusher, Will Anderson out of Alabama. Now the Cardinals still have Kyler Murray, so they don't need a quarterback. And I could potentially see some other quarterback needy team trading up for the third spot, but I think just for simplicity, I'm not going to do any trades in this mock draft, and I have the Cardinals taking probably the best defensive player in the class. Uh, They have a defensive head coach now in Jonathan Gannon, and Will Anderson would set up that defense for a little bit of, let's just say he'd, he'd provide a foundation for that defense because Anderson is a set it and forget it type of prospect. He's going to be their edge rusher of the future for 10 years, 15 years if they take him premium player to premium position, exactly what you want. And then at number four, the third quarterback in four picks, the Indianapolis Colts take quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida. And for years, for years, the Colts have been a QB needy team, but they haven't been able to get that quarterback. And now, now they get their quarterback 
of the future. Anthony Richardson, I mean, he is probably the most talented quarterback in this class. He has every single intangible. He can run almost as well as Lamar. He has an arm almost as talented as Mahomes's. He just needs the consistency to come. And with the Colts' new head coach, Shane Steichen, I think they can build an offense around Richardson, give him maybe a year to develop, and then he's going to hit the ground running, and he could be a ridiculously exciting quarterback because he has everything that you want. Then, number five, the Seahawks. They take Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. And the Seahawks brass, they like to get their premium players in the first round. Tyree Wilson is the definition of a premium player. He is a top-tier prospect that can help the position at a spot where the Seahawks definitely need some help. They don't have a lot of edge depth, and Tyree Wilson would just be a phenomenal athlete to put on that side, and he can get after quarterbacks so well. Pete Carroll is going to love this guy on his defense. This feels like the spot where Tyree Wilson goes with Will Anderson off the board. Then at number six, and this was tough. I wasn't sure if the Seahawks were going to take him or not, but I think I have the Lions then taking the interior defensive lineman Jalen Carter out of Georgia. And I have the Lions taking Jalen Carter because this guy is such a Dan Campbell fit. I mean, sure, he's an elite, elite prospect. Tape is off the charts, ridiculous tape, but he's had a couple of off-the-field issues, and I think Dan Campbell is the perfect coach to put those to bed, say, we don't care what happened, you're going to come in and you're going to play well for us, not to mention the fact that as an interior defensive lineman, Jalen Carter would really boost the Lions' defensive line, and we know that the Lions have smartly built their team around their offensive and defensive line, so Jalen Carter would just be another top pick to add to a to a stout interior line. Then, at number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. I have them taking Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman out of Northwestern, and Josh McDaniels, he's an offensive head coach. With the way he ran the ball last year, I think that Skaronsky would be great because he would shore up a position along the offensive line where the Raiders have a lot of holes. And what position is that? Well, it's multiple positions, left tackle, right tackle, any of the interior guard spots. The Raiders have holes all over their offensive line. And Peter Skaronsky, he's the type of guy that could play left tackle, could play right tackle, could play guard. It doesn't matter. He would be a phenomenal draft pick for the Raiders because they could bring him in. They could slot him at so many different spots along the line, and he would be really good. He would help out Josh Jacobs, who we know the Raiders franchise tagged and had a lot of success with last year. And I think adding Skaronsky to that line would just make a strength for the Raiders even stronger. Then, at number eight, the Falcons. They take the cornerback, Christian Gonzalez, out of Oregon. And the Falcons, they're defense needy. They, I believe, had the 31st ranked defense last year in the NFL. And it's not surprising when you look at their defensive depth chart. They don't have much depth at really any spot though they do have A.J. Terrell at cornerback. And I think if you add Christian Gonzalez to A.J. Terrell, you instantly boost this Falcons defense. If you have Christian Gonzalez just work out a couple of his inconsistencies, then this dude is going to be an absolute star. So star-like. 
that he would probably be the number one corner. AJ Terrell would be the number two corner because Christian Gonzalez, if he hits a ceiling, he's a stronger, taller Jair Alexander. I think this would be a home run pick for the Falcons. This would automatically make their cornerback room so good. Then, number nine, the Bears. I have them taking the edge Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa with Matt Eberflus as their head coach, obviously a defensive-minded guy. I could totally see the Bears going defensively for the first pick of this draft. And they have a lot of needs throughout the roster, but especially on defense, because their defense was absolutely terrible for really all of last year after they traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. And Van Ness, he's ridiculously strong, he's uber-talented, and he's good against the run, he's a dominant power rusher. I think that he would help boost the Bears' defense. It would be a premium spot, which is exactly what you want to do in the first round, and this is who I see the Bears going after. Then, at number 10, with this guy falling out of the top nine, a lot of people have him going within the top nine. I have the Eagles taking Devon Witherspoon out of Illinois. The Eagles need some cornerback depth. They do have Darius Slay, who's close to an all-pro level player, but then James Bradbury's their second guy, and he's not great. He obviously had the terrible holding call in the Super Bowl, and I think adding Devon Witherspoon would be so incredible for an Eagles defense that did struggle at times last year. He's ridiculously physical, ridiculously smart. He plays well in zone coverage. I think Witherspoon is has the exact attitude that a team should be looking to add on their defense, and I think that Witherspoon would make an Eagles team look just so much stronger, so much scarier, and he could be really, really good alongside Darius Slay. And that is the top 10 of my mock draft. We're going to now get into picks 11 through 20. And that is, at 11, the Titans take quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. 12, the Texans take the edge Miles Murphy out of Clemson. 13, the Jets take the offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. 14, Patriots take wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. 15, Packers take offensive tackle Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. 16, Commanders take cornerback Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. 17, Steelers take offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State. 18, the Lions take tight end Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. 19, the Buccaneers take edge Nolan Smith out of Georgia. And then 20, the Seahawks take wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. And sort of jumping back to number 11, yeah, I have the Titans taking the quarterback Will Levis out of Kentucky. And yes, the Titans have two quarterbacks really right now on their roster and Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis but Mike Vrabel and Ryan Carthon the two main guys in the Titans front office slash coaching ranks those guys don't seem to be massive fans of either of their current two quarterbacks and Will Levis he's ridiculously talented he has a ludicrous arm he's got all the talent in the world like an Anthony Richardson type of prospect and if the Titans give him a year or two you know, maybe they bench him and let Tannehill start. I think Levis could set the Titans up for a huge amount of future success. And if Levis falls to the Titans, I think it'd be foolish of them to pass on him. So in this, the way the board falls here, I have them taking Will Levis at number 11. At 12, Miles Murphy out of Clemson. After the Texans took a quarterback early on, I have them with their second first round pick here. I have the Texans looking to shore up 
their defensive line and Miles Murphy, he's an incredible prospect. I absolutely love him. Yes, he's raw. He doesn't have much of a pass rush plan when he when you watch him on tape, but he has elite physical attributes, shows good power speed, he's good against the run, and I think he would be an absolutely phenomenal piece for D'Amico Ryans to build around in Houston. Again, premium position on the edge there, Miles Murphy, and he's a premium player. 13. I have the Jets taking the offensive tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia, and with the New York Jets looking to bring in Aaron Rodgers, it feels like this pick has to be offensively devoted, so I have the Jets taking an offensive tackle because currently, yes, they have Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton, but those two guys are not people that you can depend on, and Broderick Jones, he would be an excellent piece to bring in. He's dominant against the run. He has athlete, elite athleticism, and he was good against the pass, of course, in college as any top-tier left tackle is. So I think that if they just clean up his technique a little bit, Broderick Jones is going to be a top, top left tackle for the Jets at 13, and they should be really excited about this pick. Aaron Rodgers should be excited about this pick. Then at 14, I have the Patriots taking the wide receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba out of Ohio State. And this is interesting. This doesn't feel like a very Patriots pick. Usually I'd have the Patriots, you know, trading back, taking an offensive lineman. But Bill Belichick's job is, I don't want to say on the line, but it's more at risk than it's ever been. Nobody, especially not Robert Kraft, who is the Patriots owner, seemed to be a fan of the Matt Patricia hire last year. And now with Belichick bringing in Bill O'Brien, I think that he's going to go to work on the Patriots wide receiver group. And if they bring in JSN, they instantly add in a super dynamic slot player. He just gets open, he makes plays, and he would instantly, instantly help a Patriots offense that, man, it just needs playmakers. At 15, the Green Bay Packers. Who do I have them taking? Who do the Green Bay Packers take? Offensive tackle. Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, Packers fans. You guys get a boring pick here. And I think... Realistically, I think the Packers, I'm, I would guess the Packers trade down. I think the Packers trading down out of pick 15 is a very real possibility just based on the depth in this draft, but the lack of top tier players. However, for this mock, I have them staying at 15 and I have them taking a, the offensive tackle Darnell Wright. And why? Well, David's contract, it's getting closer to expiring. He's only getting older. And after this season, I think that If the Packers were to take right this year, he could step in in a year and be really, really good, be their answer at left tackle for the future. Even if they decide to keep David a little bit more, Darnell Wright could slide over to right tackle and replace Yash. Maybe they could even move him in, have him play guard. And that is all really exciting. I think Darnell Wright as a player, is a top prospect. As soon as he gets his hands on you in the pass game, good night, game over. You can't get by him. He's really good against the run, and all of that makes me excited about what he could bring to the Packers. I don't think if they were to draft him that he'd start this year, though maybe he'd start at right tackle, but I do think that there is definitely a world where they draft him and he starts in a year or two. Then, at 16, the Commanders taking Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Man, the Commanders need a quarterback badly. They do have Benjamin St. Just, but Joey Porter Jr. would be exactly the type of prospect that they're looking for. 
He's super physical. He's smart. And I think he would fit in well with Ron Rivera and his defense. And premium positions, if you're the commanders who have a lot of holes on their roster, I think you're going to be looking for premium positions. And Joey Porter Jr. plays a premium position at cornerback. And I think he'd be a great pick here for the commanders. At 17, Steelers take offensive tackle Paris Johnson Jr. Out of Ohio State, man, the Steelers need a tackle so, so very, very badly. And I think that they finally put an end to those needs here at pick 17, bringing in Paris Johnson Jr. It would be the start of a rebuild for their offensive line, which has really sucked for a long time now. Bringing in Johnson would make life so much easier for Kenny Pickett, make life so much easier for Najee Harris. And while I do think that Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones, who were picked earlier in this draft, as we've talked about, while I do think those guys have the higher ceilings, I think Paris Johnson is the most NFL-ready right now, and he'd step in and be good from day one for the Steelers. At 18, the Lions, Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Now, this might be interesting. A lot of people don't have this pick. I, I have yet to see someone project Michael Mayer to the Lions here, but the Lions, they just traded away Hawkinson this past season, so I think they're looking a little bit for a tight end, and with a team built around running the way that the Lions are, Michael Mayer just feels like a perfect fit. He He's really good in the run game because of his ability to block, but then in the pass game when they're running their play action, which we know Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, loves to do, Michael Mayer would be a big-time weapon. He's a hard-nosed football player. Dan Campbell, being an ex-tight end, I think would like Michael Mayer. And so this is this is a pick I feel pretty strongly about, even though a lot of people don't have it. And then at 19, the Buccaneers take the edge Nolan Smith out of Georgia. If Nolan Smith were to fall this far, the Bucs would be so happy because the Bucs need to add edge depth. They... They used to have a really, really good group of edge rushers, but those guys have gotten older, and as a result, their play has declined. So Nolan Smith would just be a beautiful addition for the Bucks into a relatively depleted edge room at this point. He's one of the most explosive players in the edge class. We've talked about him. Ridiculous agility and bend when it comes to getting around the, the quarterback and, or getting to the quarterback, and I think... The Bucks and their defensive head coach and Todd Bowles would be so pleased if they could get Nolan Smith here. And then at 20, the Seahawks take wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. Yes, the Seahawks, they have a very nice top two in Metcalf and Lockett, but I think they're going to be looking to help Geno Smith out. And in order to help him out, I see them adding a third receiver, Jordan Addison. And Addison, he's probably the most polished receiver in the draft class. I don't like him nearly as much as most of the other receivers, at least most of the other top receivers, but I think he would be ready to go from day one, get in there and contribute. He probably doesn't have the ceiling of being a DK Metcalf or Christian Watson or Devontae Adams, but he is a top-tier separator that would pair great as the route runner in with Metcalf's big-time frame and Lockett's deep ball ability. And then we get into the back stretch of the draft, 21 through 31. I'll read these picks off. I'll explain them. And then you guys can go create your own mock drafts if you're bored and have time in your life. So at 21, I have the Los Angeles Chargers taking the wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. 22, Ravens take Quentin Johnson. Wide receiver out of USC, or TCU, not USC. 
23, the Vikings take Deontay Banks out of Maryland. 24, safety Brian Branch out of Alabama for the Jaguars. 25, the Giants take Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. 26, Cowboys take Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, the tight end. 27, the Bills take the middle linebacker Jack Campbell out of Penn State. 28, the Bengals take tight end Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State. 29, I have the Saints taking Kalijah Kansi, the interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. 30, the Eagles take running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas. And then 31, your Kansas City Chiefs take Will McDonald IV out of Iowa State. So, let's run through those real quick, shall we? The Chargers, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. The Chargers, with the Seahawks starting the run on receivers, are going to look to get their guy to help Justin Herbert. And they have a big-bodied receiver already in Mike Williams. They have their slot guy in Keenan Allen. And now, by drafting Zay Flowers, they'd add a gadget receiver. Zay Flowers, he has the wiggle to win from anywhere on the field. He's going to make life a lot easier on Justin Herbert because you can just swing out a screen pass to him and he can take it to the house. And yeah, sure, Zay Flowers might never be your big-time number one, your Devontae Adams, your Justin Jefferson, but he has the tools to be a big-time playmaker in a Chargers offense that is in desperate need of a guy that can just take the football and go to the house. 22, continuing the run on receivers. The Ravens take Quinn and Johnson out of TCU. Johnson, we've talked about him. He is athletically dominant. He has the frame to win contested catches. He has the speed to beat defenses deep. And I think the Ravens would be looking to pair Johnston with OBJ. That would be a beautiful duo. OBJ, Johnston, and then you add Rashad Bateman into that mix. Ravens fans should be super excited about getting Johnston, and I think Lamar Jackson would really like this pick. I think that would be part of the motivation in the Ravens picking Quentin Johnston out of TCU. And then at 23, I have the Vikings taking the cornerback Deontay Banks out of Maryland. And for a long time, a long, long time, the Vikings secondary has looked like utter crap, but I see them in this draft taking steps to rectify that. Deontay Banks, he's one of the best athletes to ever come out of the cornerback spot, a 9.99 RES score. That athleticism shows on tape. He's good in zone coverage. He's good in man coverage. And I think if the Vikings work with him or find his technique just a little bit, then he has the potential to be a top corner in the NFL, which is exactly what the Vikings would be hoping for with this pick. At 24, I have the Jaguars taking Brian Branch out of Alabama. And Branch... He is such a good football player. His stock has fallen quite a bit because of his disappointing athletic testing, but Branch is so good. He plays slot corner. He can play safety. I think he'd move all around for the Jaguars, and he would really go a long way in helping the Jaguars solidify their secondary. At 25, interior lineman Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin. Yeah, he's exactly what the Giants need along the interior of their offensive line because he's big, he's strong, he was only a junior this past year, and he would just bring in a lot of talent that the Giants simply lack. It would only help further Dable's heavy run approach. It would help Saquon Barkley out, who was, I believe, franchise tagged by the Giants this year, so he's looking to have a big year. I think... This would just help the Giants run game, which we know they love to use. At 26, Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Now, 26 seems a little bit late for Kincaid. That's slipping beyond where a lot of people are expecting him to go. But 
I think that the Cowboys at 26 would instantly snap him up. Kincaid, he's a ridiculously good route runner. He separates so, so well. We saw that at the college level. And in addition to his separation, he has the ability to go up and win jump balls like nobody's business. So I think that Mike McCarthy and company would look at Kincaid, they'd look beyond his poor blocking skills, and they would just dream about what they could do with him from an offensive standpoint. Then, the Bills' middle linebacker Jack Campbell out of Penn State with no obvious receivers left to take, no top-tier safeties, no top-tier tackles. I see the Bills turning to the middle of their defense, and after losing Tremaine Edmonds, I think that the Bills will look to build back up their middle linebacker position, and Jack Campbell is exactly the guy that they should be looking at. A physical freak, absolutely dominant against the run. Campbell has really everything that you're going to want from a middle linebacker. He can hang in coverage, but more importantly, I just didn't see a clip of him ever getting blown up last year when he was, you know, diving into gaps and stopping running backs. He is so good against the run. I think because of his ability against the run, he'd be an absolute home run pick here, and he would take this Bills defense to the sky and beyond. He is so good. I love Jack Campbell. I absolutely love Jack Campbell. At 28, Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State. The Bengals, they have a shocking, shockingly small number of holes on their roster, and I think that after losing Hayden Hurst, they'd probably go after a tight end that could be dominant in the past game, and that is exactly what Luke Musgrave is. Yeah, he might struggle with blocking, but I think that he could transform the Bengals' offense into a total fireworks show. Elite athleticism, good route running, great speed for a tight end. He would be just another playmaker to add alongside of Chase, Higgins, and Joe Burrow. At 29, Kalijah Cansey out of Pittsburgh. Man, if Cansey falls this far, it's impossible for the Saints not to snatch him up. He's so good from the interior against the pass. He can hold his own against the run. And he is, yes, some of it has to do with him coming out of Pittsburgh, but he's generating Aaron Donald comparisons. And I don't think he's going to be Aaron Donald. I don't think anyone would will ever again be Aaron Donald. But Kalijah Kansi, he would be such a home run pick here for the Saints. And this is the way I have the board falling. At 30 then, I think the Eagles get a little bit cocky here. And they take the most talented player in the class, Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas. Bijan has speed, power, balance, agility, pass catching. He has everything that you want from a running back. And a lot of people have him going to the Eagles at pick 10. I see him falling into their lap at 30. And I think he would just be another playmaker that you add to an already loaded offense. It would be an incredible pick here for the Eagles. And then finally, pick 31, the Chiefs take the edge. Will McDonald out of Iowa State. The Chiefs moved on from Frank Clark this offseason, so they need edge depth. And with Karloftis, George Karloftis on one side of the Chiefs' defensive line, I think Will McDonald would be the perfect guy to add to the other side. While you have Karloftis as this big power rusher, you then throw Will McDonald on the other side, a smaller, more built-on-speed rusher. They the two of them could terrorize opposing tackles. And that's what I have. That is my mock draft for this year's NFL draft. I'm super excited. It was so much fun to put together. I can't wait for the draft. We're going to see how many I get right. I believe I got three or four picks right last year. I know I got Sauce Gardner right. 
I got, what else did I get right? I got Sash Gardner right. I got Kenny Pickett right. Maybe I got George Karloff just right. I feel like I got another one or two in there. So we'll see how many I get right this year. My goal is five. If I get five right this year, I'm happy. Again, it's really hard to get a lot of picks right in the mock draft. So we'll see how I do. But that is what I have for you. Thank you, as always, so much, so, so much for listening to Dedicated Packers. I will see you on Wednesday to do a Packers mock draft. That should be super exciting. But that is pretty much all that I have for you. As always, thank you very much for listening to Dedicated Packers. And until next time, Go Pack Go! Go!